is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Beneath these waves, there are no days, no nights, no seasons, only endless existence. And a being whose only thought since the beginning of time is his ravenous desire to feed. Port Harbor has been invaded by the ultimate predator. Podcasters. Welcome back, everybody. Better late than never, as we always say. It's me, your host, Trey Harris, back with our Shark Week coverage a week late. And I was say dollar short, but we don't make any money. Hey, hey. anyway, with me as always, the uh, uh, the Hooper to my Quint, maybe, for this podcast. The legendary producer himself, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Sorry for the delay. We had a combination of uh, COVID and a business trip. I guess I was gonna say, almost said vacation, but it really wasn't. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're back here live in the studio in Utah for me, and of course Baton Rouge for Jesse. Yep. To finally get to our coverage of The Last Shark, a.k.a. Great White, a.k.a. Le Ultimo Squalo. Various, many innumerable names for this disaster piece of a shark movie that is somehow incredibly entertaining, yet so bad. I mean, uh, one of the, the, the definitive so bad, it's good movies, in my opinion. But if you've never heard of this, I don't blame you, but I absolutely think you should watch it. So here's some details. It was released March 5th. 1982, IMDb gives it a 4.3, deservingly. Rotten Tomatoes, no critic score, so technically a zero, 33% audience. Uh, couldn't find any information on the budget opening or domestic gross. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Domestically, it grossed $18 million. Excuse me, that was the only number I could find. Uh, it was directed by Enzo G. Castellari. Uh He also did Inglorious Bastards, uh, the 1978 one, mm. and Escape from the Bronx. Uh, it was written by Vincenzo Manino. He did Devilfish and Phantom of Death, so he had experience writing uh, underwater killer animal movies. And Mark Prince, or Mark Marco Prince, uh, he did. He wrote The Last Butterfly. I've not heard of any of these movies. <laughs> Cinematography <laughs> by Alberto Spagnoli. Uh, he did The Adventures of Hercules and Knockout Cop, which I can only hope is a movie about a cop that wears boxing gloves instead of carrying a gun and just knocks out the perps. Uh, starring James Franciscus as Peter. He was in an episode of The Twilight Zone and some miscellaneous TV. Uh, Michele Pignatelli as Gloria. She was in Flashman and in Night of the Flowers. Uh, Joshua Sinclair was Mayor Wells. He was in The Messiah and Hangman. And if you're not recognizing any of these movies, that's fine. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> wrong with you. Uh, Stefania Goodwin as Jenny. She was in High Crime and Warriors of the Wasteland. And she actually was the second unit director on the Super Mario Brothers movie. So there's the first recognizable title until this next one. Because Vic Morrow, the late, some to some great uh, Vic Morrow as Ron Hamer. Uh, of course, Combat, Bad News Bears. And if you watched our double episode of the Twilight Zone, the movie, he was in Twilight Zone, the movie. We had thoughts about it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the who, what, when, where for The Last Shark, a.k.a. Great White. Now, uh, of course, Shark Week was last week, or week before last, whenever it was. Again, we're running late, so sorry about that. <laughs> I think it was the week before, week before last. Uh, but, hey, you know, things happen, real world gets in the way. But nevertheless, we're here, 
And uh, I got to say, if you ha- seriously, though, if you haven't seen this movie, it's hard to find. You might have to go on, on eBay to. Uh, oh, there you go. Never mind. It is on YouTube for you to watch. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, and I think we discovered that the other week, too. I think it might have been the uh, the Rift Tracks one may also be on YouTube. I'm not sure. Uh, that's the version I would recommend watching because it makes it so much more enjoyable mm. uh, to watch it. Otherwise, you're going to need some, you know, liquid or uh, vapor inebriation, so to speak, to help get you through. Because uh, this movie, it's, it's. I don't know if, I'm sure a lot of our audience has probably heard of Turkish Star Wars and they have like Turkish Exorcist. It's basically these horrible like foreign <laughs> movies that have nothing to do with the source material that they're named after, but they're called, they called it that to kind of cash in on the popularity of it. Uh, in fact, just Google, or go, if you're on YouTube, after you're done watching the last shark, uh, YouTube Turkish Star Wars training montage, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Some of the worst stuff you've ever seen, but somehow it's entertaining as hell. But the, the, Anomaly of The Last Shark is this wears the fact that it's a direct Jaws ripoff on its sleeve. Like there's no – they're not trying to hide it. They are blatantly ripping off characters. Uh, instead of Brody, you basically have Peter Benchley, the author of the book, be the main character in a sense. Uh, but, I mean, you have a villainous mayor. I mean, almost beat for beat, they uh, follow the Jaws formula. Vic Morrow is the Quint character similar demise as the uh, spoiler alert as the uh, actual Quint from Jaws. But uh, nevertheless, it, this movie is just, I've actually, I've watched it several times more than somebody should, to be honest with you, just because it is so stupid. It is so bad. The effects are next level bad. Like this is a pinnacle. This is the Jurassic park of bad effects movies. And I mean that like completely sincerely because uh, again, this was 1982 uh, one of the first movies that I can think of, well, no, I mean, not necessarily because Jaws did it too, but uh, more more recently, all, all the sci-fi movies and the cheap and the Megalodon series movies where they take like actual shark footage and then superimpose people being eaten or just swallowed whole by these actual, this actual footage of sharks. Uh, this movie does the same thing. And again, Jaws did it too. Uh, this is one of the first where that kind of like, it, it ha- they show like live discovery channel footage so to speak of a shark eating a chicken and then like cut to a person like screaming like that shark's eating the person so uh you know on one hand it's smart especially for 1982 but it's i mean you know what anybody with any common sense knows what they're doing and then the by god the fake shark in this movie makes the shark from any other shark movie look incredibly realistic it makes cg sharks look realistic it's so bad uh, there's like just the big great white shark head that pops out of the water occasionally uh, that if you just search this movie on Google, you'll come across numerous pictures of it. That is absolutely laughable and hilarious. Uh, yet always a delight when it's on screen because that's, I have to give this movie credit on one thing, the acting it's bad, but every actor is playing this. like there is an actual shark in the water and they are terrified of getting eating, eat, eaten. And that just, it sells it. Like that's the thing to me, if you're going to go, if you're going stupid, although I don't know if they thought knew they were actually going stupid for this movie. I mean, they had to, to be honest, once they saw these effects. But if you're going to go stupid with something, play it straight. So that way the stupidness is even, or silliness, however you want to put it, is almost more apparent and more like obvious to you, but not the people that are in it. If that makes any sense whatsoever, 
or if it doesn't watch this movie, you'll understand exactly what I mean. Cause like it's most, the most ridiculous special effect is happening next to him, but it's like the fear is tangible on their faces <laughs> and it just adds to the, uh, the bonkersness of this movie. And, uh, then they have uh, another effect of the shark, I guess the underwater shark. It looks like something from the Batman 63 television series when they would do something underwater, like, you know, the, the rubber shark hanging on Batman's leg and the, uh, whenever they show like the penguin submarine in that movie, it's all, it's obviously something done in a bathtub. Uh, they have this, it's a, first of all, it's supposed to be a great white the film's called great white or AKA the last shark. Uh, they say it's a great white. And when they show this rubber shark underwater, it is, looks like a Greenland shark or a basking shark. It's not the same species that they're showing when they show this shark, like ramming into rocks and, and other stuff. But again, the, the charm of this movie is how bad it is, yet how serious like the actors are playing. It just really, it makes for a really, I don't know. It's, it's, so, it's, this is, it's so bad it's good. It is a kind of a cult movie. Uh, it is the best worst shark movie. Uh, you know, if Jaws is on one end of the spectrum and this is on the other in terms of like uh, quality. But this one succeeds over a lot of the other shark movies, even some of the recent ones. Just because of how, how just how bad it actually is, but you know the the uh, the ego of those involved gives it the uh, atten- the uh, aesthetic of a real movie, or you know, I'm just kind of repeat myself using different words. <laughs> I'm doing the thesaurus part of the uh, the breakdown here, but yeah. So if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. It's and again we you know, here we, we, we already done Jaws 2. We did Jaws, I mean, uh, Jaws 3 and 4, excuse me, Jaws 2 was still in the 70s uh, here on the podcast. So this is honestly, and I'll get into it more at the end of the podcast, we're going over all the shark movies. Uh, this is probably the last, uh, you know, uh, at, after the, in the 80s, after Jaws 2 and 3, I'm uh, sorry, 3 and 4, the, there, there are a ton of shark movies, but there are none more worthy of doing after this one. So <laughs> unfortunately we probably won't have any more shark movies on the podcast until we do a different decade uh, for the podcast. But uh, yeah, so this is one, it has to be seen to believe bottom line. You got to see it. It's just, it's, it's hard ticket to Hawaii slash deadly prey levels of ridiculousness in the movie. Uh, I wouldn't say it's better than either of those two. But uh, it's, this is a great double feature to watch with Jaws. Watch Jaws and then watch this as a double feature for the summer. Uh, any summer day, preferably July 4th, because you know, Jaws takes place around July 4th. It's a, good, it's a great July 4th movie. Uh, but this is a great one to just kind of double feature, to just kind of uh, check your brain at the door and just enjoy the absurdity <laughs> and what they tried to do <laughs> in the shadow of Jaws, which honestly every shark movie has tried to do since Jaws even came out. Uh, which is make a good one. And in my opinion, they've only succeeded twice, but more on that at the end of the podcast. Uh, but Jesse, uh, I'm going to guess that you've never seen this movie. I've seen about 27 minutes of it so far. There you go. Well, you you, you kind of see, you, I think <laughs> you get the gist. <laughs> I see you're watching them fast forward. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, but it's just, it's uh yeah, again, uh, it's, it's see there you go again visual joke on audio podcast we'll make a couple each episode there's the real footage of us from the discovery channel yeah you and can tell by the film running quality. out of the water like it's really dull it's, in color and everything 
and just jarring. It's just like, and all yeah. these, and it's all these different, it, 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 it does the thing that the Discovery Channel does too, occasionally on Shark Week, where they're talking about a speech, or doing a, they're doing a reenactment about how somebody got attacked by a tiger shark. And they're showing footage of a great white shark. I can't stand that. <laughs> Pisses me off so bad. Like, you're, a, a, you're the Discovery Channel, but then again, the Discovery Channel, you know, they do fake documentaries and they, they get their sharks mixed up for Shark Week. It's obscene, it's terrible. But uh, that's why Nat Geo Shark Fest is a week longer than Shark Week, and it's while their programming tends to be a lot better because they're mm. not cashing in on celebrities to promote sharks. And they also know more sharks exist than the fucking Great White because there's hundreds of species of sharks. Anyway, end of Discovery Channel <laughs> Shark Week ran on to the trivia. Uh, again, this film was released as Great White in the United States and as sh- just Shark in the United Kingdom. It also enjoyed a good response in Italy where it became the 72nd highest grossing film of 1980 and 81. <laughs> so I'm not sure that's a, to me, that sounds bottom of the barrel to be the 72nd highest grossing film of a particular year. You say a decade. Sure. You say a year. No. Uh, but shortly before the film's release, universal sued the producers rightfully claiming it plagiarized jaws and the Australian distributors for breach of copyright regarding Peter Benchley's book jaws and universal won the injunction and the film was pulled from theaters uh, just after a couple of weeks, which is why uh didn't really make Carly anything at all. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, the video was released in Japan as Jaws Returns, a supposed quote-unquote sequel to Jaws, and the box art actually contained the same Jaws font and logo used in all the promotional materials for the original Spielberg film. Uh, the director Enzo Castellari thought about making a sequel appropriately, appropriately titled Le Ultimo Squalo 2. It was never made because of the mechanical shark used in this one was damaged after shooting. Doggone it. So we didn't get a sequel because <laughs> the robot shark was damaged. Oh, wow. I'm sure they just couldn't have done something. <laughs> I, I guess the script wasn't strong enough. Yeah, yeah oh, that's gosh. the real reason. That right and look, there. notice the rebel. Again, this was filmed in Italy. And like, they're at this regatta. And people have rebel flags in Italy. Huh. <laughs> There's a the shark. Look, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb looking. Uh, anyway, check it out on YouTube, wow. everybody, please. Uh, and then on March 5th, 2023, Retrovision Entertainment released the film on DVD, making the first time it was ever officially released in the United States. And it featured a restored print. And the DVD's fe- bonus features included the short documentary, Great White, The Legacy, 30 Years Later, and also rare theatrical trailers. And the DVD was thankfully region zero, but only limited to 500 copies and could only be purchased online. So it's kind of a, I guess a rare thing, maybe, maybe not. I don't have to go check eBay. And of course, a version of the Rift Tracks commentary was made available in 2016. And that's the one to look for. In my humble opinion, score wise, I give it a three, oh, wow. but an eight for the fun factor. Uh, to use the old, uh, what's that, uh, GamePro magazine had that fun factor rating for video games where they give a game a bad, you know, bad graphics, bad gameplay, but hey, the fun factor is a five. This movie is just bonkers, fun to watch, uh, but as a, as a film, it's garbage. <laughs> you know, technically it's garbage, but it is some really entertaining garbage to watch. Uh, so yeah, and then in the real world, again, this movie came out March 5th, 1982 and you know what i just realized i didn't put anything down for that so i'm gonna wikipedia that real quick what was the date I was again too busy putting uh march 5th 1982 oh. um john belushi died around that time right <laughs> 
Beatles. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right after Blues Brothers, wasn't it? Not too long after. Blues Brothers, what, 80, 81? Let's see. March 5th, 1982. Oh. This killed John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. The, the true victim of the last shark was John Belushi. So yeah, John Belushi passed away on the same day this movie came out. And that was, wow. Uh, as of you know, just a couple months ago, that would have been, what, 40 years ago? Because yep. uh, this is 2022 still, although we're in August and not March. So there you go. That kind of places it in the real world for you. But uh, now, as we talked about uh, last week, you know, with uh, or say last, last episode, I should say, <laughs> I talked about a lot of things last week. But podcasting wasn't <laughs> one of them because we didn't have an episode. But anyway, uh, with uh, Alligator a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about like how, you know, with in with, uh, you know, nature gone awry. You know, creature features, that kind of thing. Nature goes bad, however you want to word it. Uh, horror movies. Uh, you know, uh, alligators and crocodiles are actually the number two most used villain for uh, human versus nature movies. Of course, sharks still number one mm. by only a couple of features, to be honest. So it's actually really, it's closer than you would think. Uh, did, I, did I put the numbers at the end? I think it was like 18 shark movies with like 16 croc movies, croc slash alligator movies. If you want to be a Neil deGrasse Tyson and break them up, well, alligators have eight movies and crocs have 10 movies. Yeah, whatever. But together, I mean, they're roughly, you know, we roughly deal with the same kind of animal because, you know, we're not differentiating shark movies between species of shark, although I guess they're not the same species. I don't know because I'm not a herpetologist. But anyway, alligators and crocs are number two, but sharks are king when it comes to it, to uh, movies. As, uh, as I mentioned, of course, Jaws 1975, the granddaddy of them all, still the greatest shark movie and the greatest creature feature, arguably next to Godzilla. Uh, Jaws 2, Jaws 3, Jaws the Revenge. You had Great White, this one in 81. Deep Blood in 1989. Deep Blue Sea, one of the better ones for sure. Uh, 99. Uh, Red Water 2003, which was a bull shark. Uh, oh, Deep Blue Sea, it wasn't Great Whites either. It was a Mako. So uh, Deep Blue Sea gets extra props for not using a Great White. Anytime a shark movie mm. does not use a Great White, as its antagonist, it gets bonus points uh, because, again, it recognizes there are other sharks out there, mm. just like Open Water in 2003 did, uh, which, again, that was based on a true story from a couple from our hometown of Baton Rouge, Jesse, uh, although we don't know what happened to them. But in the movie, it's alluded to they were eaten by sharks, but Caribbean reef sharks, uh, the reef in 2010, a great white shark, but the best great white shark movie after Jaws and Jaws 2, in my opinion. Uh, Bait, 2012, which was great because a tsunami floods a grocery store and the sharks, two great whites, are in the grocery store. Sounds ludicrous, but it's actually really fun. <laughs> it's just a fun movie. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I recommend Bait. Uh, very well, uh, very fun shark movie. Uh, shark, speaking of fun shark movies, the Sharknado series. Uh, terrible movies, but it's dumb fun. Uh, of course, The Shallows, not too long ago, 47 Meters Down, and its sequel, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. I think both of those are overrated, uh, but, you know, they're fine. Uh, Great White in 2021 just came out, or uh, it was filmed in 2021, but just recently released. It was garbage. The Requin, uh, this year, earlier this year, with uh, Christina, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Aerosmith Video Girl, Alicia Silverstone, excuse me, in it, uh, and it was terrible. And that's not the bait movie, by the way, Jesse. You had no, the screens a different one. <laughs> lots of movies called bait. Okay. Just make sure it's the one with the great white shark in the grocery store. Yeah. It's fantastic. But yeah, so there's a ton, a ton of killer shark movies. But out of all those outside of the Jaws series, the only ones I recommend watching, are, of course, Great White, a.k.a. 
the last shark, aka the ultimo squalo, uh, mainly because uh, how silly it is. But in terms of like good shark movies, Deep Blue Sea is fun, uh, Bait is fun. But in terms of good ones, Open Water is fantastic, and The Reef from 2010, which just had another VOD sequel or a VOD sequel just come out, which I haven't watched yet. But don't make sure you watch the original The Reef from 2010. Great movie and a, and a great example of how to use live action sharks and incorporate that into your fictitious movie. Very well done. Highly recommend it if you're looking for a good shark movie. I should know because I've seen most of them because sharks are my spirit animal. Uh, and then uh, Beavis and Butthead, I'm sorry, uh, Back to the Future this week, excuse me, <laughs> catching up for a, almost a month of uh, things. Uh, the Beavis and Butthead movie, uh, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe, actually meant to mention that last episode, but didn't because I forgot, but uh, I didn't care for it personally and jesse uh, you actually watched the first couple episodes of the series i believe yep uh talk about off the air how was that um i've only watched the first two episodes the first episode is decent you can catch that on youtube um the second one was uh kind of fell flat a little bit but it's fine it's more of the same they just bring them okay, to a modern to area um except they're watching youtube videos or something right not music yeah, videos yeah they're or? watching whatever media they can. So there's some TikTok videos. Ah. There's modern uh, music videos. So like they watch a BTS video, for example. Um, gotcha. Yeah, just a mix of things. And also some obscure things like they do. But um, yeah, they bring it to a modern time. Honestly, that's my favorite part of it all is reacting mm. to the things. They should just have a YouTube page. <laughs> just do reactions. <laughs> Just my I agree. That was the best part of the original things. series for me. But gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, if you liked any of the characters, they, they come back eventually. All of them. So, um, all is it a weekly series releasing, or is it like all of it? You can binge the whole thing, or is it? Yeah, it's a weekly on a Paramount Plus. Um, gotcha. But if you want a taste of it, watch it on YouTube. A whole first episode's there. It's like a Beavis and Butthead in an escape room. So, yeah, it's these modern ideas. They bring them, bring them in. Okay. So see how they some of that hitting some later. of it, like you said, falling flat. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I saw the new Jurassic world too. I'm not sure if you saw that one. Nope. Uh, just Okay. I won't spoil too much, but, uh, I, uh, I, my, my opinion of the Jurassic world could best be summed up by a quote from the first movie. Uh, there are, there are uh, dinosaurs in your, uh, park, right, John? Uh, that's my comment on Jurassic world domination. Uh, I saw Lightyear. <laughs> Uh, I don't see what the controversy was such a big deal about it. However, I didn't care for the movie. I think it's Pixar's worst film. Uh, not anything to do with anybody's light kiss on the on the lips as a door closes, causing controversy, oh, or whoever meant, the voice actor is. That's what I thought you meant, was the voice actor thing. Yeah, well, both, all the controversy is unwarranted, in my opinion. But the movie itself, to me, just not... I just fell flat. It felt like a... It did not feel like a Pixar movie. It had, like, it had some moments in it that were great, don't get me wrong. Uh, the cat meow or whatever his name is is socks. Excuse me. Is the it should just been called socks, and like just been about this robot cat at Star Command. It would have been fantastic. Mm. But uh, it's kind of like one of those movies we did. You know, it's like Solo. We didn't need it. We didn't need this yeah. movie, in my opinion. I also uh, just last night watched Men by Alex Garland, uh, one of my favorite writers and directors. He wrote Sunshine, directed Annihilation, which I really liked. And Men was interesting, but uh, I'll never ever watch it again. Uh, the ending is 
bonkers. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. I'll leave it at that. Uh, the Black Phone, uh, watch that. Really good. Uh, Ethan Hawke did great. The child actors in that movie I thought were fantastic. Uh, the only bad thing about The Black Phone to me uh, was the the actor playing the dad. Uh, didn't care for him that much. Uh, felt a little too acty, so to speak, compared to the quality of performances the kids and Ethan Hawke were giving. Uh, so I recommend that one. And, of course, the big movie. Everybody's either... Ha- super uh, hyped for uh, or excited or really enjoyed or really hated Prey the fifth film in the Predator franchise not counting AVP because that's a combination uh, but I thought Prey was fucking fantastic I really enjoyed it this is the kind of Predator movie we wanted after the second one when, and they, they pay homage to the second one in it which no, you're not going to give too many spoilers away but the second in the second film, when they, sh- they reveal that they fought aliens and then they give them that pistol at the end to show that the Predators have been on Earth a long, long time. That's what we wanted. We wanted a Native American. We want a Revolutionary War. We want a, a feudal Japan. We want a knights in armor. Uh, you know, all, all different. Uh, you know, Saudi an Arabian one, you know, with, or something like that with, uh, uh, during the Crusades or, or whatever. There's so many historical time frames. This is Predator should have done what Assassin's Creed did before Assassin's Creed did it as a franchise. And I'm, that's my biggest takeaway from this uh, with how well done and how reverent of the franchise Prey was. Uh, I'd hope, I hope they go do this like we don't need a modern sequel do another do a feudal japan one do a medieval one uh you know just do do something different with the franchise because it works it still felt great it felt like a predator movie best one since the second one to me uh for sure like like, oh best one since the first one Eh, the second one i think is (laughs) underrated i think this because again it did something different that predator one you're in the jungle sets up the, the the franchise masterpiece Predator 2, Urban Jungle, completely changed the setting, doing something different. Great film. And it's, and it's got Danny Glover being too old for that shit, fighting a predator. And Gary Busey, what more do you need? And then Prey, same thing, except different time period. You know, how, how is a uh, Comanche warrior going to fight a predator? And it, to me, whether, you know, some people don't like, you know, they want to get a little too logical in a science fiction movie for some reason, which is fine. But, you know, A, don't don't give me this. Oh, how did she do this, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, when she's just a, a tiny girl, blah blah blah. Although you know, woo, 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 woke alert. People are like, oh, it's got a woke agenda. No, that I mean, Ellen Ripley was dealing with the same crap in Aliens. When people are like, oh, we got a or an alien and aliens, her not being a, marine, uh, a fighter or you know a, I was gonna say licensed marine, but a trained marine in Aliens, and then just being you know, for lack of a better, you know, just. You'd be in the perception of a final girl slash woman, which she was a woman. She is a woman. Don't get me wrong. And alien, you know, so this is to complain about it is absolutely ridiculous because, I mean, do we need to remind people that Arnold Schwarzenegger, all 200 plus pounds of him beat the predator in the first one with booby traps that he made from what he could find in the jungle? Exactly what the, you know, no big spoiler alert. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's a movie, you know, it's kind of the flow it's going to go. Uh, just like a Comanche warrior does in the 1700s against mm-hmm. a predator. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, of course, every movie can be nitpicked. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, and there's, you know, do I agree with every single thing that happened in Prey? No. But that's, you know, because that's because everybody's a critic. But I think it is a fantastic jumpstart and injection of uh, healing 
alien goop because the predator injects himself when he gets hurt in most every predator movie that's the reference i'm trying to make uh for the franchise to bring it up to speed even though it's taking it's a prequel but it's exactly what the franchise needed and i hope we see more of this because that's what we want to see and then you know do do a couple of them in a different time period and then do one more and have arnold come back and then that's and there's your button on it there's your button on it then you can take it totally wherever you want to you take it off earth do something completely different but that's what I would do if I had, you know, won the lottery, the Mega Millions, when it was mm-hmm. nearly a billion dollars. But it uh, seems like it's in good hands so far. Uh, I look forward to watching it with the Comanche dub just to have a different experience with it. But uh, I really, in case you haven't guessed, my glowing praise of it, really enjoyed Prey. Best movie I've seen in a while, oh, since Top Gun Maverick, at least. Mm. Uh, but definitely one of the top ten for the year, in my opinion, for sure. So if you haven't seen it, Jesse, I, I, and if you like the franchise, I recommend it. I thought it was it was beautiful. It was well shot, you know, technically done, well done. Actually, yeah, okay, that, that, that reminds me. My, my one, my biggest complaint for Prey was the animal CGI. Mm. Uh, yeah. It was bad. I mean, but that's the way, that's the way movies are made these days. They, they get CGI when they can't, I mean, you can't train a rattlesnake people uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part. So <laughs> it's understandable. But, uh, you know, I, when people say, oh, the animal CG was terrible. Yeah, it is. But you know what? It didn't detract from the main conflict, which is Comanches versus Predator. So get over it, is my opinion on the, oh, the CG animals look bad. But hey, everybody's got their opinion, and everybody's opinions are right to themselves, even if they're wrong, because that's the world we live in. But anyway, uh, as promised, last episode, I do have an email I need to read from our good friend, Plane Pulling Tom, as soon as I get my email up over here. But uh, Tom sent this a couple weeks ago when we mentioned about Shark Week, and uh Plain Pulling Tom says, hey, you hip cats. Great show as always. Matter of fact, a soundbite from Adventures in Babysitting is this week's contest. For, it's another 80s podcast. Uh, didn't say which podcast. I'd give him a shout out if so. But a quick trivia you might like to use to learn from the 80s cruise for uh, coming up Shark Week. And I don't want to spoil how I learned this until further down. Did you know the license plate that was pulled out of the Tiger Shark is honorably placed in every shark movie after Jaws? Now, you're mainly right, Tom. Because me being a shark movie aficionado, it's not every single shark movie, but a good number of them, including Deep Blue Sea, Shark Tale, Sharknado 3, and even in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, But how does he know this? Tom goes on to say, one of the DJs that goes on the 80s cruise makes all of the license plates for movies and hands them out during the cruise's trivia contest, if you know them. That is badass. And he he goes on to say, isn't that cool? Yes, it is, Tom. I might need to go on one of those cruises just to win one of those license plates. Uh, he also owns the van from the Cannonball Run. Uh, wow. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, he's a huge 80s guy and fun to talk to. How he got the plate-making machine and into the business is a great story itself. And I cannot make any promises, but if you'd like to try and contact him for an interview, I'll do my best to help. I will definitely hit you up on that when I can, Tom. And I'll leave a number for your access, blah, blah, blah. And his number is, bah, just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you, Tom. <laughs> uh, and then I, on, hold on, where did Ben? Got a, ben Wyatt, he goes, what the hell, bro? Just catching up on the last couple episodes, and I've got a message for Plane Pulling Tom. Because remember, I, we had a wrestling, uh, wrestling shoot going on. He had, you have a protein shake before, Jim? What the hell, bro? So that's from our good friend Ben Wyatt, the Tasmanian <laughs> devil, Tasmanian tiger. You know, actually, that's a bad reference because they're extinct. So oh. <laughs> Doomslayer, the Doomslayer himself, Ben Wyatt. And speaking of, uh, you know, shout outs, of course, to uh, Ben down there with TCW, Tasmanian Championship Wrestling, and of course, John, Cajun Toy Review, 
And that kind of does it for this episode. Email us if you want to send an email, 80srevisited at gmail.com on Facebook, 80s underscore revisited. I'm sorry, no. On Facebook, it's just 80s revisited podcast. And then on Instagram, it's 80s underscore revisited. Hit us up on any of those. Good, bad. Let us know how we're doing. Only request is if you hate it, don't just say it sucks and give us a one-star review. Give a reason. And remember, we keep receipts. So if you're gonna, if you got a complaint, it better be true. So you better re-listen and reword it before you get all emotional because we got the receipts, people, as we've demonstrated before with several one-star and two-star reviews, which, again, don't mind them. Let's just talk about it. So uh, next week, uh, well, I was going to do a special one. We're pushing it back one week, so I'm not sure what we're going to do exactly for next week, but I'll post it on Instagram as soon as I figure that out. Uh, and that will be next Friday. And then after that, I uh, will uh, not next episode, but episode after that, we'll probably be doing No Holds Barred. We have to hold that one off a couple weeks uh, for reasons we'll get into on that episode. So if that's mm-hmm. if you're curious, if I spoke the curiosity in you, you'll find that out in two weeks. But until then, everybody, stay out of the water and be safe. And I will hopefully remain Trey Harris, Jesse Sedgley, Cowabunga! Cowabunga!